Good morning, my friends out there. It's Saturday, it's almost 2 a.m., January the 15th, 2022. It's almost 2 a.m. here in Utah, but hard to say what it's like where you're at. They say an ice storm is headed towards the East Coast. Up and down the East Coast, everything will freeze. They say there are locusts heading towards California. They're taking the Amtraks, it'll take a while. Yeah, I don't know what to say. We're at one of those points, I think, in the rhythm of the world where it's hard to say. I, I, I've recently come to the maybe the realization that I would be better off not looking at the news at all. Like, I'll look at Zero Hedge, I'll glance at it, and I'll see something that drives me crazy, but then I'll say, why am I looking at this? I suppose it'd be worse if I was watching CNN or Fox News, but or, or National Public Radio. It would be worse if I cared what the president said, or what President Trump said, or whether or not there's some crooked scheme to do something crooked, because all of it's kind of crooked and boring. That's the other thing, too. It's kind of boring. I mean, I know some of you are still getting excited about the monkey herpes and the race war and the Russians in your closet. But whether it's the hypersonic missile scare or the Chinese welding people's doors shut, it's getting boring. All this really stupid shit. And we're told it's dire. But it's really fucking boring. And maybe you think boring is the wrong word. Um, maybe it's getting tiring. Maybe it's getting absurd to the point of just being impossible to accept. Maybe there's a part of our brain that can only fill... What, maybe there is a part of our brain that can only be filled up with so much shit. And the amount of shit that they've been firehosing at us for at least well, almost two years here, and arguably maybe for most of my adult life, but 
the amount of shit that we're being fire hosed right now is off. It seems like it's just completely, you know, off the meter, you know, out of control. It's a lot. And I know for some people, it's translated into double down on whatever you believe. If you believe that the voting works, then you're going to vote Democrat or Republican or Libertarian, and that's how you're going to deal with it. And for some people out there, it's kind of like, well, I'll just work my job, whatever job that is. And most of the jobs right now really seem stupid to me. Like maybe almost every fucking job out there is pretty fucking stupid. Because the purpose of all these jobs is to keep a wretched system going, a system that should simply collapse. You know? But whether it's the momentum of history or the momentum of ignorance, it just keeps spinning on and on and on. And at some point, it would be better off if we all took our lumps. But, you know, what would happen to your 401k? Dan, my 401k might be worthless. Well, it probably is. Dan, I was promised a pension fund. I was promised pensions and payouts if I did, you know, A, B, and C. Well, they didn't tell you about D. A lot of people out there were told that their home was an investment and that within five or six or seven years, they'd double their money, triple their money. But in reality, what they probably noticed if their eyes are not closed is that they've doubled their homeless, tripled their homeless. <sighs> yeah, maybe they tripled their money too, right? What are you going to do? Buy another house in the city? Maybe you'll expand your backyard and build a duplex. I know people that made that decision. Their neighborhood was barely near the, the, the I should say, the low water mark in 2008. And I know people living right at that entropic bridge between rich and poor in a typical American city. And instead of taking their money and going to the countryside, they decided to build an additional like duplex or quadruplex. The point is they doubled down. And a lot of people are doing that right now, doubling down on bad ideas. And that's okay because that's you, you have a right to do whatever stupid shit you want to, really. You do. It's one of the great things about the monkey herpes and the race war and all the other nonsense is that I have never felt so empowered to ignore the advice of others in my entire life. Like, I might have listened to you if you'd said, Dan, you should you know, eat better food. <sighs> Fuck you. Which booster are you on? Dan, you shouldn't drink so much beer. Fuck you. What the fuck booster are you on? Dan. I haven't used any significant portion of the healthcare system pretty much my entire fucking life. And if you want to say I'm lucky 
or special, that's great. You apply whatever fucking terminology you want to. I could say the same stupid shit about your circumstances as well. The reality is, we all have our own crosses to bear. Now, is my health so great these days that I wouldn't like to have a trusted doctor to talk to? Hell no. But I do not trust the, the quote-unquote healthcare system. I don't trust the hospitals, and most of the doctors are pretty fucking worthless at this point. Um, so when someone says something like, well, maybe people who don't want to get the random fucking whatever vaccination, whatever it is this week, uh, so you don't want to take the random vaccination? No. No, I, I don't. I don't want to take the random vaccination based upon the bullshit pandemic. No. But if you're threatening me, and this is what's funny, because I, I read a comment the other day by some politician or something, maybe it was yesterday, to the effect that if you don't want to get vaxxed, you don't get to use the healthcare system. I didn't even register for an Obamacare number. Are you fucking kidding me? I think every fucking member of my family did. But I never fucking even... The only thing I did with the Obamacare website in 2013 is I figured out with them, as with GoDaddy, that their chat application was shit. And so I pointed Obamasexchat.com to that weak-ass frame-in-frame dial-back-your-web programming to the year 1998, Bo Yeah. That's what I did with the Obamacare site. But did I actually get a fucking number? No. Okay? If I get hit by a car and somebody trucks my body to a fucking hospital and by the miracle of Jesus I make it out alive, fine. Though I have no doubt while I'm there they'll give me whatever fucking vaccination they want to. Yeah. You can keep your health care at this point. You really can. You can keep your long-term treatment. You can keep your chemotherapy. You can keep all of your wretched bullshit. And if your backtrack to me is, well, Dan, what about the people you care about who were kept alive by the system? I say to you, these people have mostly abandoned God. They've abandoned each other. They are abandoned. So I'm not really sure any favors were done to anybody by whatever miracle you think exists in the hospital. Dan, you can't use health care if you don't get the vaccine. Oh, fuck, you promise? You promise, you fuck? I'm sorry if you need to use the system. I know people who have to. And there are people who I know who have to. I care about them. And I, and I am sorry that they have to use the system as it currently exists. But it is no threat to me to say, given the things that I've seen in the system, to say that, Dan, if you don't get vaccinated, you won't be able to like see your fucking doctor. What fucking doctor? You fuck. Any decent doctor I would want to see is long-ass retired. Fuck you.
I didn't want to rant too much on anything too heavy, but I don't know. It's early Saturday morning. It's dark out, right? There's an ice storm heading someplace. There's unprecedented bullshit they tell you about that might in fact be precedented. I'm not really sure what to believe at this point. I believe in God, but I also believe that if, if in fact any of what I've been told about the Lord is true, then it's hard for me to believe that any of this really kind of satanic bullshit is going to be allowed to continue. On the other hand, I know everybody has a reason for wanting it to continue. What about this? What about that? How about this? You know, you can cling on to your social security and your pension fund and your Medicare and your Medicaid. You can cling on to the system as long as you want to, but it's sinking. And, and you will go down with it. And you'd be better off to free yourself today. They're not going to give you your money. They're not going to restore you. There is no intention that you will ever, ever, ever see all the money you put into the system. But it's worse than that. At some point in the future, it will simply be gone. If you haven't come to understand that after the last couple of years, I don't know what to say. If you want to tell me you think you live in a free market, dude, free markets don't have on-off switches, you fuck. So whatever the fuck kind of country or world or system you think you live in, after the last couple of years, you need to open up your eyes and understand this. Your money is gone. It was ripped off. That was the best case scenario. If you were hoping that the Lord would intercede and save your ass, if you're really lucky, the worst thing that just happened to you, and you don't even know it yet, is you were ripped off. I don't care what your Bitcoin says. I don't care what the stock markets say. And if someone tells you your home is worth a million bucks, sell it. Get the fuck out of the city. Chances are you live in a city if you think your home's worth a million. You know, when I was a kid, there was this guy named Ron Popale. And of course, most Americans know who Ron Popale is. What I didn't know is that if you go to the famous Jews website, Ron Popale is there. He's a famous Jew. And what I think is funny about that is I didn't notice on the site, though I didn't dig deep enough, that Jesus was there. And when you think about it, I would think Jesus would outrank Ron Popale as a famous Jew. had some gadget right like the pocket fisherman he had that I think he might have been involved with crazy glue he had that Ron Popale rotisserie oven I know people that like that 
You put it in there, you set it, and you forget it. You just put that chunk of meat in there. I don't know where it comes from, where that meat came from. You were driving home from work one night, and you hit something. You don't know what it was, but you chomped it up, and you shoved some of it in that rotisserie oven, set it, and forget it, and it did seal in the juices. Yeah, the Mr. Microphone. Hey baby, I'm coming back to pick you up later. coming back to pick you up later baby I'm in my brand new car I I have my pocket fisherman I crazy glued my ass to the very seat of the car I got my Mr. Microphone hey baby Yes, indeed, Ron Popale, more famous than Jesus, really. More beloved of American pop culture than the Savior himself, probably, at this point. Ron had an answer, a solution to every problem. You would never face those stressful family occasions again without Ron's help. He always had some kind of knife. He always had some type of peeler. You could stick a potato in it, and then you could shove it up your butt. He always had a device, right? He had a smokeless ashtray. If you like to smoke cigarettes, and you didn't want your, your smoke, you know to bother your neighbor. He had a smokeless ashtray. It took all the smoke, turned it into a sludge. Good old Ron Popeil. More famous than Jesus. You know that phrase, one neat trick? Because, you know, in honor of Ron, there are many people who will tell you there's one neat trick. There's one neat trick for lowering your electric bill. You take your extension cord and you plug it into your neighbor's home. There's one neat trick to lowering the cost of home ownership. You live in a box near the sewage plant. 
one neat trick for lowering your electricity bill. You can plug your cord into the police station. If your home is, is too expensive, you can live in a box. There's one neat trick for dealing with your mobile phone bill. Get rid of that fucking dog collar. There's one neat trick for changing your attitude. Go for a walk in the woods. Find yourself a long stick. Sharpen it to a point. Hunt yourself a wildebeest. Cover yourself in goat's blood. Go to the Fred Meyer. Ask for a pizza. One neat trick to change your shitty attitude. Go get some paint thinner. Go get an orange peel. Go get a dead coyote. Fall asleep inside of the back of your car. That'll change your fucking attitude once you get rid of that fucking phone, you fuck. And, and if you live out of a box, you don't have to worry about a homeowner's association. If you live out of a box, you don't have to worry about your neighbors because your neighbor's a rat named Ted. If you live out of a box, you got no problems. If you live out of a box, you got no issues. Your girlfriend will leave you. Your wife will too. That sounds like solving many problems at the same time, right? I have one neat trick for fixing your marriage. Get the fuck out of the city. Get the fuck out of the city. Get the fuck out of being plugged into your neighbors. Get the fuck out of the Joneses and the grass is greener. The grass is greener because it's covered in poison, you fuck. Get out of the city. Get out of the place where people pretend that they're going to survive there. What? Going to Value Village because you think your home's worth three million, you fuck? You're going to travel to Hawaii once or twice a year? That'll work for a while, you fuck. But it won't fix your marriage. You're going to get a hot tub and do a hot tub time machine. We know how that turns out, don't we? One neat trick to fixing your marriage is stop obsessing over money and getting ahead. One neat trick to fix your family is stop pretending that they're going to tell you how to be healthy. They won't. The doctor won't tell you. Your boss won't tell you. Your job won't tell you. The TV set will absolutely fucking lie to you. The World Wide Web will gaslight you. You want to save your marriage. You want to save your relationship. Have a conversation with the person you love. Don't talk on Facebook or Twitter. Don't go to Instagram. Look the person in the face and figure your shit out. And sometimes relationships are just doomed. And that's true too.
But these are tough times, baby. And people that love each other, <laughs> these are the times that test the word love. There are lots of people that lust each other. Lots of people want to go get tail. Lots of people want to get laid. But love is a little bit different, isn't it? It's a long-term thing. It's not the, hey, can we fuck and hopefully I don't get herpes, baby. But I'm divorced, so what the fuck do I know about marriage? I don't have a girlfriend, so what the fuck do I know about relationships? Zero. You know? Am I happy? <laughs> Most days, as happy as I can be, right? Here's a neat trick for saving money on food. Go to the dumpster. The dumpster near Pizza Hut. The one off of Splinkton. Here's a great, you know, a neat trick. Here's a neat trick for dealing with that lump. That lump in your, yeah. Yes, a neat trick. Anytime you find a lump or a bump or some object inside of you, take take like a letter opener or a modeling knife and cut into that flesh, tear out the lump, and seal the wound with, with raw, cold, hot temperature. Yeah, freeze it, then dry it, then burn it. Do a two mules for Sister Sarah on it. If you have to, pour gas, irrigate the wound with gasoline. That's, that's your, your neat trick for dealing with that lump. Or you can go to the hospital. And they'll do essentially the same thing, but it'll cost you. Whereas my technique doesn't cost you much. Just take a knife and cut that thing out and then pack the wound with sawdust and asbestos and diesel fuel and old rotten motor oil and metal shavings and broken glass. And once you've done that, burn that into your heart. That's a neat trick for dealing with that lump. You got a problem with your neighbor next door? <laughs> Everybody does, right? You don't talk to your neighbor. You don't say hello. Your neighbor thinks you're a prick. Your neighbor thinks you're a piece of shit. You got a problem with your neighbor next door, it's too late. It's too late for pool parties, too late for barbecues, it's too late, baby. Your neighbor's already sizing you up, and you're a size 7, right? No, a size 13, believe me, you're supersized. Your neighbor has a cat, and that cat needs food. You have a problem with your neighbor, you know what to do. You know the swamps outside of Buncton. 
You know where you can dump them near that old place where they took all those people many years ago? They said it would all be okay, but it wasn't. You can take them to the old abandoned house near near Spunkton, near the swamps. You can take your neighbor there. You can do it. Just do it, baby. It's one neat trick. You have a problem starting your car in the morning? I know one neat trick to start your car, but you ain't gonna like it. You can take a stick of dynamite, put it inside of your cat, throw your cat into the engine. It's one neat trick. Yes, one neat trick for starting your car in the morning is to just pour gasoline over your car completely and then smoke a cigarette majestically as you stare laughingly at your city as it burns. Then toss that cigarette at your car and it's one neat trick for starting it in the morning. And you'll never have to worry about starting it again. It's one neat trick, right? I've got a neat trick for losing weight. Pollute the water, pollute the land. Pour oil upon the earth and, and turn it to sand. Drain the aquifer, dump the soil in the sea. This is one neat trick for losing weight. Yes. Pollute the land, pollute the water, pollute the air. Poison everything with your stupidity because, hey, it's all printed money, right, you fuck? Build cities that are toilet bowls, turn rivers into sewers. This is one neat trick for losing weight. You don't believe me, you just wait. You won't need any willpower, you fuck. You'll lose a lot of fucking weight very quickly. And if you live in a city as those days wear on, your neighbors gaunt, your neighbors gaunt and ghostly and ghastly with dark, sullen eyes and sunken eyes. Your neighbors wearing their shambly clothes as they shuffle up and down the sidewalk staring at smart devices that stopped working two weeks ago. No, excuse me, two months ago. They start to look at you with certain kinds of eyes, the eyes that are the eyes that are hungry, but hungry for something so bestial that it can only be uncovered near a fire site from 90,000 years ago, you fuck. They look upon you with eyes that are pointy and fingertips that are covered in, in feces. And they see in you something that they saw in themselves when they stared at that old pizza and the dog stared at them.
Yes, I know a neat trick to save money on food. You just need a lot of wood. A lot of wood. A lot of wood you can chop up in a chipper. You pulverize the wood into a fine powder and you mix it with everything. You mix the sawdust in your soup. You mix it into your bread and your cookies. You put it in your power shake. It's dietary fiber. I have a neat trick for cursing your enemies. If you if you want to curse your enemies, I have a neat trick. Find yourself a newborn a foal, a newborn deer or foal or whatever, elk or moose. Find yourself a baby moose. Bring it to a mountaintop. Somewhere outside of Preston. Not far from Highway 2, where all those nuns disappeared. Take that young animal to the top of the mountain. There is a rock there. There is a rock there. Take that animal to the top of the mountain. Take it to that sacrificial stone. Pull up the stone knife that you have in your belt and stare down at that animal. And then, you know, take the blood and mark it upon your face. And then, yeah, stare down to the earth, look up to the sky, and then carve upon your soul the name of the person you want to doom. It's a neat trick. It works for cursing your enemies. It works for fumigating your house. It works for taking care of your toilet when it gets clogged up. It's a neat trick. It's one neat trick, isn't it? I have a neat trick for sexual stamina. Take some steel wire. Wrap it around your testicles. Drink a gallon of grapefruit juice. Take that steel wire. Wrap it around your package. Drink some grapefruit juice. Stare at the wall.
you want to get better gas mileage out of your vehicle, I have a neat trick. Switch to diesel. Diesel fuel. Switch to a diesel pickup. Something old. Something from the 70s or the 80s. An old diesel. Maybe an old Chevy. It's got to look beat up. It's gotta got, it has to have edge and scratches. It has to have that patina of absolute strength. Take that diesel and tow behind yourself a diesel tank. Tow behind yourself a... Yeah. Take that diesel pickup and tow yourself a diesel tank. Tow behind that some type of vessel for making biodiesel. You'll need another thing to toss the stuff into. The stuff you find along the side of the road. Pick up that hitchhiker going to Splunkton. You know nobody's going to miss that dude. Pick up that hooker on her way to Grinkton. <laughs> she weighs 800 pounds. That's going to be a lot of mileage, baby. Once you make your next batch of biodiesel, it's a green economy, right? It's green. That's a great way to save money on fuel right there, isn't it? Switch to biodiesel. I have a neat trick for raising gorillas. Well, first you got to get yourself at least two gorillas. One of them is male. One of them is female. I don't want to get into a debate about what that means in terms of gender politics. That's your problem, not mine. I live in Grinkton. Get yourself a male gorilla and a female gorilla. Put them in the basement for a month. Give them cocaine. Give them whiskey. Yes, after a month of being in your basement in the dark, that male and female gorilla having gone full bore, being drunk off of whiskey and high on cocaine. And now she's pregnant with a gorilla. And now you've got to pair off that gorilla with something. You have a small dog. So you make a dorilla. Or is it a gog? Yes, I have a neat trick for raising gorillas. And after you're done, you will have gorillas and gogs and dorillas. You will have mixtures of animals that only the, the island of Dr. Moreau could possibly put on display. And as you wander the wilderness with your gorillas and dorillas and gogs, people will look at you and say, Oh, what monster of regret slouches this way. But that's one neat trick for raising gorillas. I have one last neat trick. It's really neat. It's a way to steal a lot of fucking money. 
Step one is you scare people. You scare them for decades about getting sick. You have TV shows that make nurses and doctors look like latter-day heroes and saints. Oh yeah, there's a villain thrown in once in a while, but that's just for the pepper. That's just for the salt. You show people movies about pandemics that kill people, viruses that wipe you out, Ebola that turns your flesh to fluid, but that's just good drama. You spend years and years and years having people, spokespeople, whatever, folks scare people, like Bill Gates. He spent years scaring people about disease X, the disease that was coming, something horrible was on its way, and then magically it happened. You wait until you've stolen as much as you can from the system and the system will implode. <coughs> Repocalypse 2019. And then you tell people there is a magical, invisible thing that will kill all your grandmas and your grandpas. No, no, no. Don't worry, the hospitals are safe. And don't worry, whatever we shove down your throat is probably safe. But believe me, this invisible thing that's infected everything that crawls through pipes up your fucking toilet. It's everywhere. It's constantly changing. There's always some new version of it, and there's always a reason to be afraid. And while people are afraid, take away their future. Take away their hope. Cause whatever possessions they own to drop in value so you can swoop in with money you did not earn that was magicked into existence at some place I don't know, the Eckless Building, and take that magical money and buy all the homes, all the distressed properties. Buy everything. Buy the stocks and shit that's turning to shit. Tell people it's their fault that they're locked down. Tell people they're, they're to blame, but worse than that, their neighbors are to blame because their neighbors won't get vaccinated. What the fuck's wrong with them? And as you're scaring people with race war and monkey herpes and Russians and Chinese, you steal them blind. But the key thing is you have to be in charge of the gimmick. If you're not, you won't make anything really. Probably. It's a neat trick for making a lot of money. Scare people with bullshit. And rip them off when they're not looking. Of course, for this to work, you have to, you have to have a way to get out of town. And that is the thing, isn't it? When you're thinking late at night, like, okay, I get that they want to steal everything and I get the ripping us off. And I also get that they didn't need a reset to fuck and kill and murder because they've been doing that for thousands of years. I get that they're stealing, but what's the exit strategy? How the fuck do they get out of Dodge? You can tell people all you want to about magical resets. The only thing I know is when the day comes, you don't want to be one of these people in the city. You don't. You don't want people to know that you were associated with these people. You don't. Because when the day comes, people will show you and your ilk more justice than was ever shown by the justice system, and that should scare the fuck out of you. And that doesn't even include God's justice. That's just the justice of the mob.
So it is one neat trick to steal a lot of money. It is a neat trick to rip people off. It is a neat trick to use this monkey herpes COVID Rona fear to drive people's lives to dust. But the question is, how do you get away with it? Because eventually people do become aware, not everybody, but enough people, okay? Enough people become aware of this. What do you do then? Where do you run to? Who do you think works for you that doesn't have a brother or a sister? Who the fuck do you think works for these people that doesn't need to feed their family? Eventually, the water rises high enough, high enough, the water level is high enough that, yeah, these people drown. So maybe it's not a neat trick. I don't know. What would Ron Popale do, right? We don't ask what would Jesus do because that would be silly, but why don't we ask what Ron would do? do if he were here? He's one of the most famous Jews in history. What would he teach us about this moment? What would he say? Grab your pocket fisherman. Grab your Mr. Microphone. Grab your rotisserie oven. That's going to be useful. Grab that equipment. But it is Saturday morning, almost 3 a.m., Mountain Standard Time here in Utah. All the scrumbly folk are scraping their way to the surface. All the people living inside the planet are finding their way to the sun. Every single problem we think we could bury is becoming unburied. Every single thing we thought we could hide from sees us. There is nothing hidden that won't be revealed. There is no lie that won't be shown for what it is. There are no truths that don't eventually just really just shine like stars in the sky. And everybody will have to work through this on their own, right? But you have a great Saturday, okay? <laughs>